Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Basement Poetry Podcast. I am your lovely host, Wayne Benson Jr. Shout out to my dad for naming me after him. But on a serious note, I have some really good news today. And that news is I set up a BPP email. That is a Basement Poetry Podcast email. So if you have comments, questions, or just poems you want me to read, look at, analyze, you just want to hear my voice, um, or if you just want to say hi, uh, you can send those inquiries to basementpoetrypod at gmail.com. I'm going to say that one more time. Basementpoetrypod at gmail.com. I will also put the link to that email in the description of this episode. Um, I'm just really excited about this because I want this show to be a conversation between you and I and the poem. And I am just excited to get that conversation started here with this email. So I made a point in doing that. And so I hope you guys utilize that tool. Thank you for those of you who've been listening and are listening currently. I look forward to hearing from you guys. So I'm just going to get right into it today. Today we are reading a poem by William Carlos Williams. And a brief bio of William Carlos Williams is he was born in Rutherford, New Jersey. Shout out to all you people from Jersey. And he was also a doctor as well as a writer. So he was well educated and he was a big part of the modern movement of poetry and also a brief description of the modern movement of poetry. You can say in a general in a general sense that was poetry written between 1900 and 1950. And that is very general because the modern movement of poetry entails so much more. It, I just can't fit it into 15 minutes of, you know, a podcast, but I might do it for a later podcast. But within modern, the modern movement of poetry, he was also a part of the imagist um, school or, you know, imagist style of poetry that relied heavily on um, imagery and, you know, appealing to the senses and, and different things like that. We could also go into that during another episode but i'm gonna read a poem by him today it is called the widow's lament in springtime also i just wanted to say because i keep forgetting to say this i'm putting a link to the poem in the description of the podcast so that you can click that link and you can actually see the poem that i'm reading so you can follow along that way if you're like me I'm a visual learner. Um, I retain information better when I can see it. And so if you are like me, I really advise you to click the poem and listen at the same time. So just wanted to make sure I got that out this time. The Widow's Lament in Springtime. Sorrow is my own yard, where the new grass flames as it has flamed often before, but not with the cold fire that closes round me this year. 
35 years I lived with my husband. The plum tree is white today with masses of flowers. Masses of flowers load the cherry branches and color some bushes yellow and some red. But the grief in my heart is stronger than they. For though they were my joy formerly, today I notice them and turn away, forgetting. Today, my son told me that in the meadows at the edge of the heavy woods, in the distance, he saw trees of white flowers. I feel that I would like to go there and fall into those flowers and sink into the marsh near them. That was William Carlos Williams, The Widow's Lament in Springtime, and I only have a few comments on it because I don't want to be too long-winded here, but the one thing I really want to point out is the title. So the title is The Widow's Lament in Springtime, and I feel like the title is so evocative because you have a lot going on already, and When you hear the widow's lament, you already know that somebody has died. Um, This widow's husband has died. And um, and then right after you get in springtime, there's this almost it's opposing itself because when people think of spring, we think, you know, new life is coming. Not they're, they're not dying. New life is actually growing from the ground at this moment. But yet. Her husband has gone into the ground if, you know, if they buried him. And um, you can see how this idea of someone dying and having to lament at the same time that life is, um, is you know, blooming really affects this woman. Um, and so that was that was the first thing I wanted to comment on. But going forward, let's look at the first couple of lines here and I think these lines are so important and when I was talking earlier about how he was a part of the imagist movement and this image is just so evocative and it makes you really sit with it in the first line it says sorrow is my own yard I can just stop there and go on about that line for a long time but this is one thing that really gets me is that he could have easily said sorrow is close to me or sorrow is um, near or some some representation that sorrow is really really close to this woman right but he doesn't he just says sorrow is my own yard and we have to remember here when we're talking about this poem that he is using um, a persona or um, he's not he's speaking from this woman's perspective and I think that's a good tool um, you can use in poetry to help you get in the mind or of something or someone else like you could use persona of a chair or the persona of your dog there's definitely been poems where that has been done as well but back to the poem um along with that first line there's just so much imagery you know in this poem we we have the flowers the masses of flowers which could mean the flowers 
as in there's an abundance of flowers, but also because he uses the word masses, we get, you know, people, the masses of people that come around. We always see that image of the widow um, at the funeral or wherever, and her son is next to her, and, you know, there's this huge group of people just standing around her, so we have the flowers that they probably brought and laid on his grave. You know, he's evoking all of these images here, and it's cool because he did involve the son in the poem, um, but I want to draw our attention, our attention to the last four lines here, because I feel like these lines um, give this poem a, a slight sense of ambiguity as well um as in like the meaning could go two different ways and he says well she says i feel that i would like to go there i'm sorry i'm gonna actually back up so that you can you know really feel the weight of that line today my son told me that in the meadows at the edge of the heavy woods in the distance he saw trees of white flowers I feel that I would like to go there and fall into those flowers and sink into the marsh near them. And those last lines where it says, I feel that I would like to go there and fall into those flowers and sink into the marsh near them. Those are such, from my perspective, those are such peaceful lines. And there's this like, life is growing and this woman can either want to die herself because she's in such sorrow she can also want to die maybe you know seeing all the you know flowers and stuff just makes her want to sink but also on the flip side of that I feel like she could just be saying she wants to embrace the nature she wants to be able to or she wishes she could be able to embrace the springtime like she normally would like she would as it used to bring her joy but now because her husband is gone he has died she can't look at it the same and she just wishes she could sink into the marsh and so we don't really know if she's saying she wants to die or if she's saying she just wants to embrace nature it could be both but that is the beauty of poetry and i'm sorry if that stresses you guys out because i know some people want clear-cut answers but I'm not here to give you a clear-cut answer I'm here to give you poetry and poetry is ambiguous sometimes on a more serious note I think that this poem might have connected with me today just because I feel like this past spring and I know spring is usually a time that we are all eager for after a long winter and um, I feel like a lot of people can be or are feeling like this widow in this poem because spring if we're being honest was really stripped away from a lot of us you know when spring finally started you know we had covid uh coming and so a lot of people probably feel like this widow does in this poem and i feel for those people and so i hope those people know that they're not alone and I hope as a group of people, when, you know, all of this stuff goes over and we figure out what normal looks like again, that we can go out and really embrace nature and not take um, life for granted anymore from this point on. 
And so I'm going to, you know, take that as a lesson for myself as well. And I hope, you know, this was helpful to you guys in some way. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode four of the Basement Poetry Podcast. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, And, you know, tune in next time. I'm about to start my graduate school residency this week so if I'm a little short on episodes coming up it's because I am gonna have a really 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 busy schedule Um, but hopefully hopefully a lot of good comes from that I'm about to read my capstone project from my draft of my book that I have finished and so that that is gonna be exciting and um, I'll let you guys know how that goes um, next week but Yeah, thank you guys so much for rocking with me and uh, have a good one. Peace.